At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson. Is marijuana a legitimate drug that has medical qualities that will benefit patients suffering from various diagnoses? The Kentucky State Legislature thinks so. At least the Kentucky House voted on a bill to legalize medical marijuana. With me on today's Commonwealth Matters is Ron Hicks, and we're going to talk about whether or not this is good public policy, if this is a wise route for Kentucky to go. Ron, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Richard. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to join you to talk about these tough issues and maybe try to look at it from a biblical perspective. And so uh, this is a toughie. Yeah, and this is an important issue. I mean, it's pressing. A lot of people in Kentucky believe that Mm -hmm. they'll benefit from medicinal marijuana use. Before we got on the program, we watched a video that was very persuasive. Mm -hmm. It was about a guy that had Parkinson's, he had very clear um, side effects or um, the, the downside of dyskinesia or something like that. Dyskinesia, uh, he was shaking, mm-hmm. he could hardly speak, he had a hard time moving around, he was hunched over, and the uh, pharmacologist gave him, it looked like a cannabinoid oil, put mm-hmm. it in his mouth and then on his cheek, and uh, like within six minutes, six yeah. minutes mm-hmm. he was speaking clearly, his shaking stopped. Uh, his appetite came back, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and it was really a turnaround. Mm-hmm. But Ron, here's the here's the question. So uh, there are many people that have stories like that. Sure, uh, is that the way that drugs should be legitimized in Kentucky? Is this how we come to the legalization of certain drugs? Well, you know, that's a great question. I think listeners need to be aware of the fact we're not suggesting that it's uh, that it, it it it's not. Uh, 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 a good drug, a, a good treatment for these things. What we're suggesting is, uh, we don't know. Um, y- y- neither you or I have the have the credentials to be able to determine that. And I would venture to say our legislators don't either. And so, it, you know, these anecdotal evidence where you have videos of people that are that you know uh, use the cannabinoids or or maybe uh, smoke the marijuana and get the benefits of it. Uh, yes, in fact, those people do uh, seem to have a marked difference in the symptoms, but. Um, would that be the case for every single person that That's uses right. it, or is yeah. it be is that just a um, a one off sort of a situation? <laughs> Can you yeah. hear that in the background? Yeah, no. Did you hear that? Yeah, I could hear, hear that. That's okay. in the background on the phone. Well, I think I was somebody <laughs> calling in. Uh, no, uh, so I mean, this is this really gets to the heart of it. How do you go about finding the value in certain drugs? We know anecdotally mm-hmm. there are people that have apparently benefited yeah. from medical marijuana. But the proper way to do this is you do trial runs. You, the FDA conducts studies. They look at a specific uh, illness or ailment, and then they treat a certain number of people with a certain dosage, and they try to find out if there's the, it's called the dose-response mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. What is the specific ailment, like Parkinson's we talk about? How much of a certain drug do you need to treat that? You know, too much of the drug can mm-hmm. hurt somebody. Oh, too little of the drug mm-hmm. will not have the impact. But then also look at the downside. Look yeah. at the negative effects. How does it affect women, children, the elderly? None of those studies have been done. Richard, I've got a family member, a very close family member, that uh, suffered from um, 
um, I'll, I'll call it a disease. I don't know if it's a disease, but it used to be a, a life-ending sort of an ailment. Um, some medicine had, had come about, and, and literally through a, a hospital down in Tennessee, now this person became a member of, the tri- of a trial uh, because every other attempt to, to uh, head this disease off had failed. The first um, you know, half of the group uh, got placebos. The other half got the real medicine. Um, we were concerned, how do we know whether they're going to get the real medicine? And it's like, oh, you're, you're going to know because there's some significant negative side effects. Um, the first trial did not work. It did not uh, cure the, the disease. The second trial did. And in fact, the medicine is out today. It's advertised on TV as a cure for, for this disease. Now, our frustration was, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm coming from a different perspective. Our frustration was that um, the, the people said in the study, we're pretty sure this stuff is, is effective. We just have to have a couple of more case studies. And so the person in our family was young enough to where they'd be able to benefit, but there were people kind of on the tail end of the, of the age where, where it's like, give it to me now because it's so bad, whether it works or it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't really make any difference to us, but they couldn't. So there might be people who are saying, well, there's just all this evidence out there that people that have Parkinson's and others, they're, they're getting cured. Why can't we just take it? Well, it's because we have a way of doing a system of doing right. things. And I realize their frustration but if you don't have rules, if you don't have ways of doing things, then any, I mean, we used to have snake oil doctors That's right. that would travel along in a wagon and say, hey, this mixture that I made up will grow hair and, and you know, take hair off your back and make you, you know, you, and, and people were just buying it, you know, and, and none of it worked. And so that's, right. that's how the Food and Drug that, Administration came about is to regulate those That's things. right. And in some respects, medical marijuana sounds like snake oil because, and I, and I, I want to be respectful to those who may have seen some kind of benefit from mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. but you have advocates of it saying it's going to cure everything from your PTSD to your back pain to grow hair uh, in your head and you know, oh, just, all yeah, kinds yeah. of you know claim after claim we know mm-hmm. that drugs are not that broad there is no single drug out there that addresses any multiple number of things mm-hmm. it's the cure all for everything right. if a drug purports to be the cure all watch out right, because that right. is a proverbial right. snake oil salesman right. Ron, I had the chance to debate the lead sponsor of this bill, uh, Jason Nemus, a state representative from Louisville, mm-hmm. sponsored House Bill 136, and I got a chance to see the floor debate. I wasn't there in Frankfurt uh, or in the Capitol that day, but I did watch it on the... Uh, well, for a listener, what, what is floor debate? To unpack that yeah, term. Yeah, right? so when a bill is proposed in the legislature, it goes through a committee process. The committee hears testimony. They voted up or down. Well, House Bill 136 was voted out of committee. Then it came to the House floor for a vote. And this is where the entire 100 members of the legislature debate this bill. Jason Nemus, the sponsor, really managed that floor debate. Mm -hmm. He took questions. He considered amendments. And I told him, from what I saw the hour and a half that I did watch, he did a really good job. Mm -hmm. He answered Mm -hmm. a lot of the questions. He he, He was on top of this issue. Uh, but I also had a chance during our, and I said that to him, I told right. him, Jason, you did a great job managing mm-hmm, that. I mm-hmm. disagree with him on the issue. Okay. I don't think it's a good policy, but he did a good job handling it. But I asked him during our debate, it was later that day when I debated him on a Louisville TV station, I said, Jason, don't you think that people, because this is a psychotropic drug, it is a mind-altering drug, don't you think the perception could be that they're benefiting in some way? Their pain is alleviated. 
Um, they do have lessened effects of PTSD, whatever their ailment right. might be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But don't you think it could really be masking a, a, just a Band-Aid on a deeper problem, not getting to the root of the problem? And what was his response to that? He, he agreed. Okay. He said that it so could, could be. be. Okay. But they do have, at least in the short term, the indications are many, many people are feeling some kind of relief from marijuana. Okay. So what I hear you saying, Richard, is is that you're not – for or against the idea, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but your whole thing, I hear your perspective of there's a process in which we go about doing things, approving drugs mm-hmm. and all the rest of that. Um, let's The legislators aren't qualified to do that, so instead of putting it in their hands, let's go ahead and let the Food and Drug Administration or whatever entity has been tasked by the government, I think since 1906 they've yeah. been doing this, and, and and let it go through its paces and then let the scientists, let the doctors determine Yes, it's beneficial. No, it's not. If if it's beneficial, these are the dosage. This is the age group. This is the these are the warning labels that ought to be on it. Let that process play out, yeah. and let scientists and doctors determine, as opposed to our legislators. Is yeah, that what absolutely. You're saying? No, that's right. Okay. You you summarized it well. I am not against. Well, thank you. I'll be here <laughs> Well, you know, I'm. I think if there are medical benefits to marijuana to treat a specific ailment, right. By all means, mm-hmm. let's let's do it. But let's go through the process. Let's right. go through the trial runs. Let's make sure that we uh, alert people to the negative effects. Every drug has a yeah. There's always a plus and a minus. That's right. Always. There's always a yeah. downside to a drug, and let's find mm-hmm. out what the downside is. We right now we don't know what the impact is on children. This bill, by the way, mm-hmm. allows 18-year-olds to use medical marijuana. Okay. We don't know the impact that this marijuana has on teenagers' brains. The brain is developing <laughs> until their mid-20s. Well, actually, I think you can, uh, again, anecdotal evidence, you, you, you can tell what marijuana, uh, the effect it has on a teenager's brain. You just, you know, sometimes all you got to do is go out on a Friday night <laughs> and, and you you see you know um, and I'm I'm being facetious here but but you're you're right is it, we don't we don't know and and instead of using it as a social experiment and letting our children be guinea pigs let let's let's, let's actually do it in a yeah, laboratory yeah. so we don't know the impact on pregnant women mm-hmm. and their children mm-hmm. the impact on nursing mothers mm-hmm. we don't know the impact on the elderly and this is long term use sure we don't know how it's going to impact mm-hmm. how about this what about those who have family history of mental illness. Mm. Because we do know that those who have long-term marijuana use mm-hmm. are 20 times more susceptible of coming down or becoming diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm. And so there is a link between mm. mental illness and long-term marijuana use. use. Mar- okay. All right. So so we need to find out what are the downsides. Sure. Slow slow your roll, as, the, as they would say, just to, to find out. And there's there's also another caveat to this whole story that... that uh, um, uh, most the, of the states who do pass, despite the fact that it's against the law on the federal government, uh, the federal government says the use of marijuana, sale of marijuana, these dispensaries, that's it's it's against the law. Um, it's so overwhelming now; very seldom do they actually do anything about it. But but the um, um, th- every state that's passed the law allowing medical marijuana, very shortly after that, we see them pass another law in reference to marijuana. Um, and that's now allowing it for recreational use. Yes. So forget the whole yeah. idea of medical. Yeah. It's okay. Hey, um, it, it's fun. So let's just go ahead and, and put it in the same category as beer. Go out and you know buy some beers, some Doritos, and some marijuana on a Friday night. You know, and and so it uh, and it and almost seems like some folks are trying to trying to hide that underneath the the guise of the miracle marijuana. Let's let's pass the miracle marijuana. And it seems like maybe they're all 
the ulterior motive is to pass it recreationally. You know what's interesting, Ron, is the people who are advocating for it in Frankfurt, the largest constituency, really, it's not the pharmaceutical companies, it's not the doctors' associations, but it's the recreational marijuana users. Mm -hmm. If you go up and look at the, if you were to attend any one of the committee hearing meetings in the past or been to some of the rallies, these are people who really are, there's no secret that they're medical, they're recreational <laughs> advocates as well. So what, what do you so, say to somebody who's an adult uh, and they say, they say, I want it to be legalized for recreational use. Uh, who are you to tell me what it is that I might be able to do in, in, in the privacy of my own home well, and all the rest of that? That's a good question. Okay. Well, I'm a citizen of Kentucky. I'm concerned about the safety in the Commonwealth on the roads okay. and on our streets, mm -hmm. but I also care about individuals oh. too. And I think that state law comes into play when there's a product that could hurt people or jeopardize public safety, then the state steps in collectively. You and right. I, who, who is our government? Well, it's people like you and me, right. we, and it's our listening mm -hmm. audience. Mm -hmm. Of course, we elect lawmakers to represent us mm -hmm. and to craft laws mm -hmm. that are good for all of us. But at a certain point, we agree as a people that some things are not healthy, some things are not safe. We're better off as a society without certain things. And we've agreed for decades that marijuana as a recreational drug is not a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a safe thing. Here's an example, Ron. Colorado legalized recreational marijuana just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Do you know that they have a huge safety issue in Colorado? Yeah. Today, one out of every eight traffic fatalities is linked to marijuana use. They, there's, there is a THC in the system of hmm. the drivers who've caused these traffic fatalities. I wonder how that, I wonder how that uh, uh, corresponds to, to states that don't have medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. I wonder what the statistics would be. Probably, and I'm just guessing, but probably far less because probably. it's a crime in a, in a state yeah. um, to, to have marijuana. Huh, so one in eight. One in eight okay. traffic fatalities, fatalities in Colorado. Just, okay. oh. I have read reports where uh, workplace accidents, uh, manufacturing companies, uh, workplaces that do dangerous things, they are on the increase too, where mm. they find there's uh, increased numbers of workplace accidents, but it's linked to marijuana use okay. as well. I don't mm -hmm. have a hard figure on that. Again, that's from uh, uh, one or two reports that I've seen mm -hmm. uh, in recent years. So you do see the negative sure. effects on society. My little sister moved out to Colorado. When I say little sister, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm knocking on the door 60, so she's not in that neighborhood. But when I say little sister, often people visualize a little bitty girl with pigtails. She actually is working on her doctorates in nursing. But um, mm -hmm. she moved out to Colorado right after they legalized it. Uh, property values soared. Uh, most people cannot afford to buy homes uh, anymore. Um, she was talking about a factory right outside of Denver that actually, a factory had been there for years and years and years. Uh, they actually shut down and left because of the increase wow. in accidents, the increase in people uh, uh, calling in sick. And it's, uh, you know, some people will say who are advocates of recreational use, well, it's not like alcohol. You don't wake up with a hangover and, and all the rest of that sort of stuff. You're still functional. And um, but of course, they would say that if they're advocating for it. But but the uh, the rate of people calling in 
uh, it, it was higher yeah. uh, after they. Yeah. So it wasn't a hangover sort of thing. It was just the the, the what is it lethargy? The yeah. uh, just not yeah. wanting to go to work. The next so day. so THC, which is the active drug, the psychotropic drug in marijuana, stays in your system for up to thirty days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also the impact. So even though somebody might smoke it, I've never smoked it. Okay, but uh, so I can't speak from experience. What I understand, though, is that not only does it stay in your system for 30 days, but after you get that high, uh, you can, a day or so after, you still have residual effects of even that high. Even though you may not feel it, even you, may the, not, yeah, you may not think it. But So, in, so for example, uh, if you're on the job the next day, let's say you smoked it the day before, and you're on the job the next day doing something dangerous, well, your mind is not as sharp as it would be as if you had not smoked at all, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. could lead to you making a bad judgment a bad decision that leads to an injury. Right. Now, here's a question okay. for business owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, should they be held accountable if they mm. have people in a dangerous work environment that are using medical marijuana, they're using this drug, and they jeopardize other people? I mean, should they be held accountable? I and mean, that's, that's a real question. Under this bill that's proposed that actually passed through the Kentucky House, House Bill 136, it actually elevates the rights of individuals who are using medical marijuana above the owners of workplaces that might have a drug-free policy. Mm. Uh, and that's oh, a cause wow. for concern. Okay. So, yeah, zero-tolerance policy on, on the use of, of, of drugs. If um, I, I see what you're saying. And I realize this bill that they're considering is just for the miracle mo- – oh, good gracious. Medical marijuana. Medical marijuana. Yeah. Uh, but since we do see so many states then passing the recreational marijuana, I can speak from experience, and I'm, I'm not boasting in this – you know, I was a I was a child of the '70s before the "Just Say No" movement, um, and and so unfortunately, in my past, the drug and alcohol use was was prevalent. Um, people who say marijuana is not a gateway drug, um, they're they're fooling themselves. Um, and when I say a gateway drug, sometimes people misunderstand what that means. It doesn't mean that it it opens the door to this life of of oh you know all, uh, I'm addicted now and all it, what it does is it opens the gate to the world of an altered mentality an altered state yeah, yeah. and so it, it, you know people would smoke marijuana and oh I get this sort of a euphoric high I wonder what this drug would I wonder what this high would be and this high would be so it opens the gate to an altered state that's what it means by, by gateway drug and most everybody that I know that would say Yes, it did open that gateway into into the, the the realm of an altered state. Listen to what the American Journal of Psychiatry said in 2017 in an article there. Cannabis use, even among adults with moderate to severe pain, was associated with a substantially increased risk of non-medical prescription opioid use. Mm. So it was definitely a gateway there. for mm-hmm. the, the percentage increase there was substantially higher. You start no, with, say that again. You start with so the cannabis use; those mm-hmm. who are using marijuana, even among adults with moderate to severe pain. So that's their reason for using it. Okay, it was associated with a substantially increased risk of non-medical prescription opioid use. So heroin, mm-hmm. fentanyl. Uh, you know, they were abusing other opioids. So, so apparently, the medical marijuana wasn't enough to 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 curb their pain. So the very thing that it says it's going to benefit yes. apparently didn't. So. Yeah, and so that's one of the the part of the rationale mm-hmm. for House Bill 136 is that we in Kentucky have an opioid crisis, oh, number epidemic proportion, epidemic yeah, proportion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's through the roof. 
Uh, some are saying that if we would legalize medical marijuana, we would reduce the reliance on opioids. The statistics uh, say otherwise. But this statistic says otherwise. The American hmm. Journal of Psychiatry in 2017 said that's not the case. Listen to a couple other statistics, Ron. Marijuana users are 2.7 times more likely to abuse harder drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in 16s who begin smoking pot before the age of 18 develop an addiction. That was from a study in the journal Mayo Clinic Proceedings. That's from the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. The Mayo Clinic, yeah. yeah. Here's another one. Two studies of identical twins, one in the uh, set in Nether- the Netherlands, one in Australia, in cases where one twin used cannabis before the age of 17 and the other didn't, the cannabis user was several times more likely to develop an addiction to opioids. Mm. So we, you talked about gateway. gateway well, right. this mm-hmm. here, you know, you, you have a number of studies that show that this is a gateway to other drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is addictive. That's something that uh, studies have shown, that there is addiction there. Yeah, I don't know that it's a physical addiction, but there certainly is a psych- psychological addiction and the whole yeah. idea of the idea of getting high. And yeah. unfortunately, in my life experience, it would, that, it would, that would ring true, that it, it does open that doorway. And once you cross that doorway, it's very, very difficult to shut an open door. Yeah. Once um, you feel good, and let's be honest, I mean, people take drugs for a reason or they drink alcohol oh, for a reason. Yeah. It's, Sin is fun for a season, the Bible says. Well, there is, but then, and then there's, and then there's the good feeling mm-hmm. that you have. You do have this um, elation. You do have a good feeling. Your pain might be reduced. I think that in itself can be an addiction. I need to feel good all the time, even though it might not be a physical addiction, like you said, it could be a psychological one. And I think especially when we talk about young people, you know, we're molding them, we're shaping them, we want them to be healthy, well-adjusted individuals, productive individuals, and we keep them from things that are harmful. Mm -hmm. And I remember growing up in the 80s, just hearing this Just Say No, it was a Mm -hmm. Nancy Reagan message, Just Say No campaign, and it was maybe oversimplistic, kind Mm -hmm. of just say no Mm -hmm. to drugs, Mm -hmm. but in, in another sense... It was simple enough for us to understand that drugs aren't good. They probably going to mess your life up. Just mm-hmm. stay away from mm-hmm. them. Well, that was the message I got when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And that was a good message. Mm-hmm. As a kid, still developing, still growing, uh, still trying to figure out the world, turning to drugs to cope with the challenges of adolescence mm-hmm. was not the way to go. Mm-hmm. And look, let's face it, being a teenager is tough. Being in high school is tough. They face challenges. They're trying to fit in. They, they go, they have, take lumps on the head and they, you know, it's tough to go, to grow up. Mm-hmm. But is taking some kind of drug the way out? Is that the proper way to yeah, alleviate pain for that Man, kid? that's a, that's, and that is a toughie. You know, you, 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 you know my story, Richard. I've, mm-hmm. I've had, I've had 14 uh, orthopedic surgeries over the last 12 years, a lot of my joints being replaced. So I am a person who suffers from chronic pain. And so mm-hmm. the whole idea of, Boy, if there's something out there that'll eliminate that or alleviate that, help you with that sort of stuff, you know, I'm I'm one of those guys that are like, yeah, sign me up. Um, but 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 again, the whole idea as a, as a pastor, you know, what do I say? What do I say to my church? You know, brother, but, I was that but, you in line there the, at the marijuana yeah. clinic? Yeah, that was me. That's a yeah. different topic, though. I think what I'm talking about with you, because I know I've seen you when you're limping around, yeah. and I've seen you when you have a hard time because your knees hurt or your lower back hurts. I get that. That's real physical pain. And you're trying to deal with that. You're trying to make it through the day. But what I'm talking about is that kid in school that doesn't have the physical pain. Absolutely. And a lot of times, Mm -hmm. Ron, so getting back to that high school crowd, Mm -hmm. they're just trying to fit in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they get, they might be called names or they might have a hard time, 
in school. And that's unfortunate. I mean, we all go through that. Mm -hmm. But is drugs the way out of that? And then finding, you know, a group of kids who are taking drugs, is that really where we want to see our young people? Right, right, right. And I, I think for a lot of people, when they when you hear this argument, they're like, oh, we're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about just responsible adults who need this medicine. Well, if if children didn't get in the medicine cabinet to be able to get their mom and dad's pills, then then you're right. It would be a moot point. But But children do that. I mean, that happens all the time. So anytime, I mean, anytime you expose, uh, I mean, if you legalize it, that means it's going to be in more homes. More children are going to have access access to it, and um, and, and so you are kind of opening up a whole new Pandora's box. There, I, I I get it, and so there's so I guess what we're getting back to is let's let the people who are the experts figure out whether or not this is beneficial to society or not, instead of just letting people vote and say, yeah, we think it is, we think it is, and. Under this bill, Ron, it says that uh, one of the requirements of the medical marijuana dispensaries is that they list on every package that's sold, it's supposed to say not intended for smoking purposes. That's the stopgap to stop the oh, from there being you smoked. Go. Okay. But there's nobody actually that's <laughs> policing this to make mm-hmm. sure it's not smoked. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I, I smoked for years. People who smoke cigarettes, every single person who smokes cigarettes reads the side of the package that says Surgeon General, you know, and, and lung cancer. And all. Yeah. Every single yeah. person knows that it goes, that warning label does not stop anybody from doing that. That's right. Do you know so, that the American Lung Association has taken a very uh, solid stand against smoking of marijuana? And I no think they say it has more carcinogenics than, than tobacco, doesn't it? There's, there's a lot in it. Yeah. There's several. Uh, I, I've heard that it's in the hundreds of different chemical compositions mm. in marijuana and the tar, I think, I believe, is heavier in marijuana than in tobacco, mm-hmm. and there are mm-hmm. some other negative things there. And that, we're not scientists, so we we may not be entirely correct on that sort of stuff. Yeah. But the, the the whole point is, is there's so much out there that we don't know, and the legislators don't right. they don't know this either. That's right. And so that's where we want to get back to that. Should public policy be based on anecdotal stories? People that come up with a story of how this has helped them, and in many ca- in some cases. There are real stories mm-hmm, where mm-hmm, it has impacted mm-hmm, them for the better. Mm-hmm. But good public policy starts with the research. It starts with the testing. It knows the downside. It knows specifically the ailment that it's addressing, how much drug is needed to address that ailment. It also tells you what's in the package mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that says this marijuana has mm-hmm. this percentage of THC. And if you have this ailment, use this amount of marijuana. Mm-hmm. None of that's there. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, you know, in fact, one of the things that's in this bill is it allows for putting this in recipes, in cookies, and in candies. How many drugs do you have that says that say you can use this? You know, put it in, bake it in your cookies. That you <laughs> not. I mean, it's it's given a certain way. It's orally, right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, or, or some other way. I, right, right. But but. This is really totally backwards. Mm-hmm. It's public opinion. It's anecdotal stories. The research hasn't been done. And I'm afraid that we're trading one drug crisis for another. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're in the middle of an opioid crisis right now, but are we going to be safer with legalized medical marijuana? Are are people going to be healthier? Uh, is it truly going to alleviate the pain of most of the patients? I think the jury is still out. In those areas, by the way, Ron, do you know that this is still illegal according to federal law? Mm-hmm. That's what I mentioned earlier. That yeah, the federal federal government still says it's it's illegal and could could go in and shut every every dispensary down. Yeah, that's why doctors and we're running out of time. But doctors cannot write a prescription, nor can 
pharmacists technically dispense this. They could lose their license. They're, mm-hmm. they're in violation of federal law. Mm-hmm. It's simply a recommendation right. that they're giving. Ron, hey, this has been a great program. I wish we had more time, but uh, but we're out of time. Yeah, and the whole idea is let researchers research and base public policy on fact as opposed to opinion. All right. Thank you, Ron. God bless you. God bless you, listeners. listeners.